Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the second episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we'll take a look at some Jurassic World news, as well as some reactions from the film premiere in Paris. We'll also be debuting a new segment, where we take a listen and discuss the music from the films. Let's take a look at some of the news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. So this piece of news comes from Slash Film via badtaste.it. So while we are only a week away from the film debuting, we already know that Colin Trevorrow will not be directing the sequel to Jurassic World. In an interview, Trevorrow says, Jurassic Park is like Star Wars. Different directors can give different tastes to each movie. I would be involved in some way, but not as a director. So at least I think we can find comfort in the fact that he's a competent director. And at least there was no issues on set and he's not getting fired. It really just seems like he wants to move on in a different direction. Hopefully he'll stick around as a producer. An article on businessinsider.com says that Jack Horner, the paleontologist we know from his work on the Jurassic Park films, has plans to make a dinosaur. Now, before we get out of hand here, he's not trying to do it the way they did it in Jurassic Park. He says, if you did the thing that they did in Jurassic Park, you'd basically have a frog. So his plan is to basically reverse engineer birds, direct descendants of dinosaurs, and essentially create a chickenosaurus. The article states, Basically, Horner says he's trying to discover the genetic pathways that turn birds into the modern creatures we know, so we can turn back the clock on a chicken's evolutionary history. The article also states that a pair of Harvard and Yale scientists recently announced they'd found a way to turn chicken beaks back into dinosaur snouts. Skeptics think that building a dino snout won't be so easy and will involve as yet undiscovered genetics. But the researchers countered that their work shows just how fast the science in this field is developing. Horner also says, if we can make a dino chicken, it's pretty cool. People made chihuahuas out of wolves, for God's sake. In other news, the Avengers Age of Ultron director Joss Whedon recently took a jab at Jurassic World. He stated on Twitter, I'm too busy wishing this clip wasn't a 70s era sexist. She's a stiff and he's a life force. Really? Still? Now granted, he did apologize shortly after, saying, I shouldn't have tweeted it. I don't ever say things about people's work that are negative. That's bad form. It's not what a gentleman would do. I forgot that I don't do that because I was frustrated. I felt like it was seeing something that was problematic. What I said is pretty clear, but I think it was wrong venue for me to be saying that. That's dinner party conversation. 
Now, in a recent interview, Colin Trevorrow was asked about it, and he says, I wasn't bothered by what he said about the movie, and to be honest, I don't totally disagree with him. I wonder why Universal chose a clip like that. That shows an isolated situation within a movie that has an internal logic. He continued on, saying, But I was upset about people's reaction to his film. Joss received an incredible amount of anger and vitriolic comments, and he doesn't deserve that. Because if there is someone who has paid due respect to the women of his movies, that guy is Joss. I think that he should be the last person in Hollywood to be accused of sexism, and if you've seen something like that in his last movie, it's not his fault. We all know that Joss is too kind and polite to rise up and tell people to screw off, so I'll do it on his behalf. Bryce Dallas Howard was also asked about the comment, and she kind of stood up for Whedon. She says, he's a hero. He's an amazing guy and a champion for women in the industry. Marketing for a film is tricky because you release stuff without context. Of course, there was part of me being such a fan of him like, no, no. especially because when you see a movie, it's not all like that. But we make movies and it's out there for public opinion and I hope he likes the movie. Now it's time to take a look at some of the reviews from the recent premiere in Paris. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! You just went and made a new dinosaur? That doesn't look very scary. You are alive. I start to eat you. These reactions are coming in from Twitter. So let's start by taking a look at stage and film star Josh Gad. He says, Saw the world premiere of Jurassic World in Paris tonight. At Colin Trevorrow has hit a grand slam. In another tweet, he says, I cannot begin to describe how kick-ass and awesome hashtag Bryce Dallas Howard is. She is about to blow minds. And he also says, the last 20 minutes of the movie are cinematic bliss. And we have another reaction from Jeremy Marquis. Just back from Paris premiere, you did a great job. The movie is amazing beyond everything. Thanks. At Anushka Delan gave it three thumbs up. A more than worthy sequel, back to my childhood. Also, really good sequel. No disappointment whatsoever. And lastly, she says, definitely just behind the first one. And there you have it. A few quick reactions from the film premiere in Paris. It really sounds like the director and the cast are killing it. Let's open the doors to the Visitor's Center, where we'll discuss the new music recently released for the Jurassic World soundtrack. So this week I figured I'd bring in a guest to discuss the newly released tracks for Jurassic World soundtrack uh, featuring the composer Michael Giacchino. So uh, let me bring in guest Dan Curran. Hey, how you doing, Brad? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. I'm a uh, longtime listener. <laughs> uh, of John Williams and, <laughs> and Jurassic Park <laughs> music, I'm assuming? No, uh, you, man. Like, yeah, it's consecutive, too. It's... It's two in a row, isn't it? It's two in a row. That, that's it. I, I just got to listen to this, this next one. It's a, <laughs> it's a big deal, I know. It is. You're off to a good start. I brought you in here today to discuss the new released uh, soundtrack for Jurassic World. 
And uh, so what do you think of the uh, first few tracks that have been released? So far, I think they're awesome. I think they, they really touch on, on a lot of new material, and I think they, they, they bring in some of the common themes that we've heard before, uh, which makes it very exciting. Okay, so we just put on As the Jurassic World Turns, and uh, initially nothing really comes to mind too much when trying to compare it to the old soundtrack, but as the song continues to progress, I tend to compare it to the song uh, Journey to the Island from the original soundtrack. Now, if you remember, that was a song that they they played over top of the, uh, the helicopter scene. So... A lot of that scene was just them trying to get to the island, discussing where they're going, and and I feel like this is the same thing. And it starts to build in, like, right here. I really feel like they're... Like, the song, the title, it says it itself. It says, As a Jurassic World Turns. So I think it's, it's trying to show you um, the daily life at the park. Say, for instance, the, the workers getting ready to do things to, you know the animals into a gate or or the the guests waking up in the morning or yeah i think um, this really touches on on a successful park it sounds yeah. very fanfare there's you know there, there's you know success and in, in, in almost like an olympic march in, in this yeah park. yeah i really feel like it's like all right the, the jurassic world is turning this is the daily the cogs you know all our cogs are in place the Jura- jurassic world is you know 100% smoothly running right now. So we see dinosaurs roaming around. We see guests interacting with um, the different sections of the park and maybe mo- riding the monorail, um, going past the amphitheater, all this stuff. I feel like it's just showing you the daily life at the park. And maybe instances like this where the music is you know, nice and quiet, I feel like, you know, maybe there's some built-in dialogue here between a few different characters. Um, But that's really the feel I get. Okay, so for instance, where do you think this falls in the movie? I, I feel like it falls in the beginning when they're trying to show the island. Where do you think it comes in? I think it's probably closer to the beginning. I think it's probably you know showing the park for the first time, and this is really where where you see a, a fully operational park, and, and everything's like you said, it's running smoothly. I think the song is a little long for um, just showing things. So I feel like all these lulls, all these quiet parts really need a lot of dialogue. So say, for instance, on the uh, Journey to the Island song from the original movie, there's a lot of talking. And then there's a lot of commuting between the helicopter to the jeeps to the different sections of the park. 
Um, so I feel like that's probably what's going to go on here. Um, I know those kids are going to be traveling to the island, so maybe there's a plane ride, maybe there's a helicopter ride, maybe there's a boat ride. I don't know, you know. Yeah, so, I agree. But I also feel that I also feel that this movie is a little bit different than the last movies, though, because things are actually finally running smoothly, and there's a lot to show. Yeah, in you're order right. To, to show an operating park. Um, one that's that's actually successful at this point. So I think there are going to be a lot of scenes showing, um, you know, people at the park, different, uh, you know, interactions with these dinosaurs, and and you know, even with the the can't think of the name of that damn thing. <laughs> One thing I notice is it really does compare to Journey to the Island because of this. Now this is the same, this is actually the, I believe it's the first time we heard it in Jurassic Park. We heard this theme on the Journey to the Island. So I can't help but compare the two. And also a throwback to John Williams. Exactly, yeah. It just, the way they blend those two, the new and the old, it was seamless. We have a staccato move here. Okay, so we're listening to the untitled track in that YouTube clip that was released just the other day. Um, I believe this one is the 11th song on the soundtrack. not coming up with the full name as I can see it. It just says the Dimorphodon. Uh, I can look that up later, but something like I don't know if it is, though, because when you look at the, the timing on the video, it's uh, 9.40, and, and, and the last song ended at 5.30. Yeah, you're right. I, I listened so that to that gets at about a four-minute and ten-second time frame. Yeah, that which makes make it too much sense, but I listened to the clip on, on iTunes, and you hear it it's it's it is the same song but this one's only 2 213 so that's that's interesting but actually that that brings up a good point that i noticed while listening to this track is it almost feels like a few different songs this sounds kind of like the raptor scene in the kitchen you know and and almost the, just the tenseness uh, that, that that whole scene brought to the movie. I think yeah. that this song really adds to that. What, what I feel like it is, is, um, you know, the compies from The Lost World. Yes, I feel like it's exactly. like chaos. Like, compies are just attacking, attacking, attacking. And since I, I kind of linked it to the Dimorphodon, um, you know, that's the... Uh, I feel like it, it could be that pteranodon sequence where they're you know they're coming down from the sky and lifting people up out of the park yeah so you know as the song goes on I feel like it it definitely changes songs almost like like it switches to a different song so maybe it is and that harp is, is almost swooping 
Yes, you hear this? Completely separate. And mm. it doesn't even really relate to the, uh, the previous segment of this song. And what I get from this moment is, um, well, since we know that the, the kids are attacked by the uh, Indominus Rex, they obviously get lost off in a remote part of the island, right? So what I get from this segment is something haunting, something old, something scary. And I feel like they get lost in the visitor center, the old one. Because mm. here comes the, the chorus. You hear yeah, the, you the that vocals coral feeling. In. And I feel like the, the chorus is, is something from the old soundtrack. It really sounds familiar. And there's all these, these slams and bangs. I feel like, um, say for instance, the kids are walking through the old visitor center and they turn around and they see a giant T-Rex painted on the wall behind them. You know, they kind of get scared. Or, or they see the old raptors that are painted on the glass. Mm. Kind of freaking them out. So you hear those big slams just as an impact to scare the viewers. But to me, this sounds pretty haunting. The scratches on the strings make it that yeah. much more intense. Mm-hmm. Definitely that harp work in the background too. The sounds like a dreamlike sequence. And it's over. I so, agree. It's got to be a different song from that that middle uh, section there with the. It does because it doesn't match up with the timing on the soundtrack there and and the timing in the video. So I think you're on to something there, so I might have to look into that a little bit further. Yeah, you'd think it'd say untitled tracks, though, if it were more than one. Yeah, you would think it would say that. So this song is uh, the third released new song off the soundtrack called Nine to Survival Job. Uh, This one sounds completely different from all the other ones we've heard so far. It's super sweet. It is. It's quite soothing. Like, I almost feel like I'm playing Minecraft or, or even Zelda. It does have a video, very video game-ish type sound to it. it it's, uh, it's different. Yeah. But it definitely brings in like that. If, I don't know if it's like a love theme or... Uh, I sure hope some... not. That's something that I'm, I'm really hoping they don't tie into this movie too much because... None of the older, you know, movies really really focused on that aspect of uh, of plot. So I'm hoping that that's not something that, you know, is kind of developed in this one. Yeah, you're right. It it does seem kind of out of place, at least with the the track title, Nine to Survival Job. It just I don't know if it relays like a sweet and soothing song. This part almost takes me back to the first movie where they, uh, they're in the, the dining area. Yeah, like they're eating ice cream because it's about mm. to melt. <laughs> it's a pretty quick song. I mean, it's only, what, two and a half minutes? 
but it's definitely leading up to something bigger. And I, I don't know about you, but I've listened to this a few times, and it really sounds like it could be at the very end of the film. Like, it's coming back to that original theme that we've heard from this, this new movie here. And, you know, it's this time around, I feel like it's less adventure and more, like, triumphant yeah it's definitely triumphant and like finalized it just sounds like it's it's near the end and and the way the the trumpets are blaring and the, the timpani comes in a little bit like it's definitely final feeling i feel like you always on end on a, a big note like that yeah it does sound like it could be the uh the very ending there yeah, and I think it actually brings us to the next song, the uh, uh, called "The Park Is Closed." I don't know about you, but I kind of just want to shut up and uh, listen to this intro. Yeah, you, you should. Thanks. <laughs> Like you said, it, it, it kind of brings you back to the other themes, and it's really a mesh between John Williams and, and you know, the new style that uh, he's bringing to this movie. Yeah. And it, I, honestly, I feel like I'd, I would have thought I'd heard more, like, lost influence because they were both set in, well, not, you know, the, this movie is supposed to be in Costa Rica, but... Um, they're both filmed on on uh, Hawaii, so I feel like I would have heard more lost themes there since he did that soundtrack too. But I feel like it's its own thing. Like, it sounds completely different from Lost. Yeah, I think he did this right. I think he he, he really tied in some new material and, and at the same time gave us what we were really expecting from the Jurassic World franchise. Yeah, I. I I wonder, you know, this song comes after Nine to Survival Job on the soundtrack. It's the 19th track at a minute and 38 seconds. And since we thought that last one was like the end of the movie, I wonder if this one could be like the yeah, credits, credits maybe? Could it be yeah. the credits? Uh, I mean, a minute and 39 seconds, not a lot. There definitely have to be something after that, but... It's definitely possible. Could be. We'll see. I'm pretty sure that all our predictions will turn to be completely wrong. Yeah, this is probably a uh, going to be a regretful podcast. But, yeah, uh, at least it's all recorded, and we'll be able to look back and be like, uh, "Nope, well, that, that was, was wrong. completely wrong." <laughs> <laughs> yep, nope, that was wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's a first impression. You know, you you feel like you're coming to the island. You feel like dinosaurs are attacking. And then you feel like uh, the movie's ending, and, and then this is the credits. So I feel like those four songs that we listened to really gave off specific... Um, they gave off specific feels in the movie. Well, as of right now, it looks like our our uh, wait is only six days and 23 hours, 53 minutes, <laughs> and 45 seconds. So this- 
I am uh, counting down. Counting down. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the second episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Stay tuned next week for our reactionary episode to Jurassic World. We'll be seeing it Thursday night and can't wait to give you our reactions. You can find me and the podcast on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod if you want to chat. If you have anything you'd like to add to the upcoming episodes, you can email me at JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Get in touch with me if you have anything you'd like to contribute. Enjoy.